Great purpose, big book study, Thursday night, Alcoholics and God, speaker step series. <clears throat> I'm a recovered alcoholic, and my name is Jerry. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight. In a minute, we're going to start our two-minute meditation, so please take a moment to get situated. Please turn off all devices that may make noise that will distract others. Take this time to get connected to God. Let the craziness of the day drift away. And ask God to help you stay focused on the step study tonight. Is everybody ready? Yeah. Okay, if so, let's start the meditation. Thank you. 
God, let your light shine through me like a fog light for those who are lost, sick, and dying can find your love through me. There is a solution. From the big book, page 17, there's a tremendous fact for every one of us that is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news that... This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. I have asked Tom to read uh, Appendix 2, Spiritual Experience. We read this because it, the main purpose of the 12 steps is to have one. So it's kind of important that you know what one is. Hi, I'm Tom. I'm an alcoholic. Spiritual experience. The term spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in the book, which, upon careful reading, shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. That it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they're, uh, they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God-consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. Excuse me. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance and belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is content prior to investigation. Herbert Spencer, Alcoholics Anonymous, page 567-568. Thank you, Tom. 
Please refrain from disturbing others, talking constantly, getting up and sitting back down. This is a tech-free meeting, so <clears throat> set your phones to airplane mode and meeting mode or just turn them off. Uh, let me have the pleasure of uh, introducing Joe. He's going to be conducting our series tonight. Thank you. My name's Joe. I'm an alcoholic and a member of the Wednesday night big book study group in Pompano Beach, Florida. And uh, it's an honor to be here. Michael, thank you for inviting me to do this series. It's uh, it's certainly a privilege and um, a gift to be able to come up here and do this with those that you bring up here on uh, every series. And uh, there's there's some real champions of the book and students of the book as well. And you know, my teachers are those people. and uh, But originally, there was the teacher that showed up for me, right? So, welcome to all you out there in the Zoomverse. I know there's some air- people from Arizona watching and listening, and I'm just going to give you a shout out. Good to have you here. Um, so, we've been talking about this design. You know, this we've been mentioning the word design, and, and Bill mentions it in his writings, and you know, he talks about it's, this process and this implementation of spiritual principles into our lives and the discarding of selfish and self-centered principles is a design that works, right? It's, a, um, it's something where kind of in the beginning we, we, we concede to our innermost selves that we're truly alcoholic, couldn't manage our own thinking, a.k.a. lives, and that uh, no human power could relieve us of that alcoholism or thinking, or keep us stopped, right? And um, those are the A's and B's, and that C, God couldn't what if he was sought. And um, so we have the, the foundation of our archway that we're building to walk a free man or woman, and um, there's some work in between. So once we've made that decision to seek, uh, you know, they say that we launch out on this course of action, the first of which is a house cleaning, and that is our inventory step. And um, so once we begin, once we make that decision to seek, we have placed ourselves in a position to start implementing this design, these spiritual principles that are the essence of each step um, that actually, uh, we actually bring them into a new constitution and a way of living, like this, these, these, these rules and guidelines from which men or women govern their lives, uh, that is the definition of a constitution. Um, I told you before I used to think that was the constitution was nothing more than a document in Washington, D.C., but that's not true. I had to learn. I was so smart. I had to learn what that was. And, um, you know, I'd always nod my head in agreement that I thought I knew what you were talking about, but I had no idea what you were talking about. But it says that it's a set of rules and guidelines, a.k.a. principles, by which a man or woman govern their life. And as we work these steps, the first one is honesty, you know, of course, and then the, sec- the second step is hope. And we're able to give that hope off uh, to anybody as we've, we've entered into this program and begin to do some things, right? Um, we finally found out that, my goodness, I don't have to make up any more uh, nonsense on how to do this thing or how to get this thing. You know, my playbook has been shot through with holes and I had to burn it to the ground, right? And for 16 years I held on to it and almost killed me. 
Um, so now we operate by this playbook and uh, our text, our manual. So uh, the good news is for all those that are out there that are just beginning this thing, regardless of the, the horrific struggle that you may have had after you got introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous, which is what happened to me, and you did not, you, 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 you were pretty much guided not to medicate and tough it out and do those things and try to do life without that medication. Um, it was terrifying because we thought we need, you know, our, our mind kept telling us what we think we should do. And it was always against uh, a successful outcome, wasn't it? So um, we get, we get people that are called sponsors in this program. I call them coaches, life coaches, uh, mentors, people that will guide us down this path, that have been down this path and can translate it and teach it in a way that they were taught. And uh, so I, I tend to, I tend to uh, surround myself with people that are students of the book and teachers of the book. Good old big book thumpers, I love them. You know, that, that's my kind of people. Because I know if they're students of this book that they have incorporated this design into their heart. And that's where it goes. So, um, you know, we, we, uh, we, last week we talked, well, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about six and seven, which really I felt was necessary for two sessions because that is where the true transformation begins. That's where we go from being a caterpillar that we've identified in four and five. We've always been the caterpillar. And we transform into the butterfly. We, we come in one way, full of old attitudes, ideas, and beliefs. We discard those and we start to supplant those with a whole new set of beliefs, attitudes, and ideas by doing the step work that will change our lives, will change our view, will change our perception, our interpretation. It will change our entire reality. We'll be looking at it through the eyes of a butterfly rather than a caterpillar, right? I mean, it's one the the the, the 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 guy that I had become is dead and gone. He doesn't live anymore. The guy that I am becoming has full control over what I do, what I what I seek, what I what I who I surround myself with, the things I read, um, and uh, you know, because I want more. <laughs> That's something that never stops. I want more and more and more of this relationship to to enhance and grow and uh, cultivate with this God that has just literally began to reveal himself to me to let me know, number one, that he is real, and number two, that he has got me in all areas of life. And so I come in and I, I make this decision to seek, and then the very next thing, you know, the thing that it asks me is that, am I willing to believe in this power greater than myself? Or am I at least, or am I at least, do I now believe, or am I at least willing to believe that this power can relieve me to sanity? In my case, I had to believe that it was possible to have a different relationship with the God that I had been brought up with. It's not like I didn't believe in Him. It's not like I uh, drew a line in the sand and says I don't believe. You know, I, I. It's not that I didn't, but I just never had developed any kind of a relationship with him through a, a vertical approach, right? It was all a religious approach. And, uh, you know, by the time I got here, I was dying. I mean, I, I wanted to die. I, I couldn't stand me. And um, so <clears throat> John said, uh, you know, there's a possibility that, that uh, 
there's a possibility that, uh, you know, if if you were, you know, you got on one hand, you could have come in and somebody would have said, well, you're still going to have to feel and view life and feel the same way about life, but you just can't drink. I just said, that's not going to happen. Right. But he told me, he emphatically assured me, just like he said in the book, that if I was willing to believe that a different relationship for me was possible, that I was definitely on my way. And that that's what it proved to be. So, um, you know, we talked about that internal condition, that thing that drives us, the thing that that uh, that is 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 cultivated over a long period of time since we're children, where we start to suffer the consequences of our behavior: the lying, the cheating, the stealing, the manipulating, the shortcuts, all the deception, all that stuff, and that has consequences. And everybody can relate with the consequences of shame, you know, uh, remorse, guilt, embarrassment, feeling like a loser and a failure. Walking around after we get into AA, still harboring those things and pretending that they're not that they don't exist. We don't want people to think we're weak or broken, you know. At least I didn't. So I, I was. I was not only running the masquerade before, I was running the masquerade after, and that had to be dealt with. Because, uh, you know, th- this, th- where we got to from the end of last week to now is, is we're going to venture into step 10, and it's a, it's a, this design is a design that will give me freedom on a daily basis. It will clear out all the chaos, all the wreckage, all the, all the stuff that I've been harboring forever, and so now what do I do to remain free? You know, and there's, there's a, a, a perfect recipe for that as well. Um, so, I mean, that's really, really good news. And I hope, uh, you know, if you're sitting out there and you haven't done a fourth or a fifth step, um, you know, the only way we can fix what is broken is to identify it. Because if there's anything that we don't identify in four and five, we're going to continue to operate with it. And we're going to continue to get those results. And nobody wants to get those results. So um, here we are. And uh, we have talked about 8 and 9. And we've talked about how we need to prepare and uh, um, be, in this ro- be on this road of uh, correction. Right, we have to we have to get on this road of correction, which is six and seven, so that when we go to do our amends, not only do we are we prepared in a way where we're we're, we're, we're mind, body, and soul is on a different different trajectory, so to speak. But when we get to the people that we have harmed, they're going to sense it, they're going to know it, they're going to feel it, they're going to absolutely be. You know, we become somewhat authentic. You know, we we still might be gripped of some of the old behaviors and mannerisms that we used to have, but hopefully we're working on them. We're making a sincere and earnest attempt to become who we can be rather than be who we were, because um, they will they'll spot that in a minute. So if you've thoroughly followed the path up to this point, they're going to be getting somebody that they vaguely recognize. It's like when when Abby walked into Bill knocks on his door, thought he would go and, and, and help Bill with his struggle. Bill was welcoming the idea. He kind of was excited about Ebby coming over because they were childhood friends and they drank like crazy and 
Bill even remarked at one point that if he ever got as bad as Ebby, he'd quit drinking, right? So here comes Ebby walking in the door, and Bill describes him as walking in fresh-faced and glowing, <laughs> like he was on fire, right? I mean, he had never seen Ebby like that, right? These people have never seen us like this. They've never witnessed us in a transformed state, right? In a state where we are sincere and earnest and want to set right the wrongs. And we're truly, deeply uh, apologetic for being the person that we were with them. So he says, yeah, there's something about his eyes. He was, you know, he was an explicitly different. Well, isn't that what we want? Now that was Ebby after two months of sobriety. After two months. Don't think this thing's going to take forever. Don't think this thing is on any kind of timeline that somebody may have made up. Because the, the timeline is in the spiritual awakening, the spiritual experience that Tom read, I think, yeah, it was Tom who read that, right? Um, where it says, what often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. Well, we know what self-discipline got us, right? We know what self-knowledge and self-reliance got us, right? That got us to the place where we fortunately have an opportunity to make amends to the people that we destroyed being that way. So... um but it takes effort, and it takes conviction, it takes obedience, it takes discipline, it takes responsibility, it takes accountability. All those ingredients are necessary to, to uh, implement this course of change. It's got to be the number one thing that you're after, and it's got to be the display. Isn't, it, isn't that what it is? It's a display to God that I really meant what I said in step three, that I really made that decision that I made. This decision that I was going to turn my will, which is my thoughts and my life, which is my actions, over to your care, Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to put you in charge in step five. I'm going to make you the keystone of my life. I'm going to get off your throne, quit running my life. I'm going to step into the bathroom, look in that mirror, and fire that idiot that's looking back at me from running my life because he did such a great job at it, right? So it's like I needed some, That was relief to me. To know that somebody else was going to be in charge. And uh, even though it was something that I couldn't uh, identify with my five senses, if you keep doing this thing, you will definitely be able to identify them because you'll be given a sixth sense. You'll be given a knowing. So we come in willing to believe. And I like to say step three or, or step two, belief in action, which is a decision to go into action. So belief with action equals faith, will equal faith, right? So if we take that willing to believe and we decide to seek with all our heart, we will come to have a faith in this power that is second to none. I mean, it's, 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 it's miraculous. It really is. We will be guided. We'll be protected. We'll be directed. We'll be healed. We'll be given the confidence that we need to walk tall. And... Uh, well, I tell you what, there's, I never had that before. I never had that before. Most importantly, I never had the ease and comfort that God has given me without fail every time I've needed it. It's when I, it's when I was walking in confidence and walking, they say, hand in hand. I didn't need to ask for it because it was already there. It was the gift that was there. 
But there were times when I was up against it, many times, right? Where I needed to beseech him. I needed to ask him. I need to pray for this specifically, Lord, give me, give me ease and comfort. Because my old go-to was the very poison I was putting into my body that was killing me. So that is the deal. That's the design. What does the design do that's major and most unbelievable by implementing it? Well, it takes me from the conversation of what booze did for me when I was up against it. I could only remember that that's what gave me ease and comfort. That's what gave me relief. That's what gave me release of the burdens that I, the pile of burdens that I took on and made up and whatever. Two, through this process, somewhere around eight and nine, all of a sudden the conversation was not what it did for me. It was what it did to me. The first blink, the first thought of needing relief. If it didn't go straight to God, it went straight to, oh my God. And I recoiled from it from like a hot flame. Wow. That's a miracle for us. That's a miracle to have that profound of shift in the way I thought. And um, so we go out and we, we, we have the list of people that we've harmed. They're all on our four-step inventory. Um, we've talked about them in five. We've gone and, and, and we've really taken a double down in, in step eight where we become willing to make amends to these people. And we double down. We go back and we really examine the exact nature of our wrongs. Anybody that does this uncoached or unaided, you're looking for trouble. You're looking for trouble. You're looking to destroy relationships rather than heal them, right? So if I'm properly prepared with my sponsor to where I really dive down to look at the exact nature of not only the harms, but also the hurt. If I miss the hurt, I'm missing something. You see, this isn't just about me. This isn't just to get my conscience clean at your expense. This is to get their well-being back for them, to let them know that it wasn't them that contributed to this whole mess. And if they did play a little part in it, I forgive them for it. You see, in the, in the Lord's Prayer that we say every single close of every single meeting, it says, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. So my trespasses, my harms, my hurts to others will only be forgiven if I'm able to forgive them first. And how, am I, how do I know I'm forgiven? Because my God thought of me enough and adored me enough to give me an opportunity to work a program that gave me a life undescribable. You see, I'm living a life that wasn't supposed to happen. We're all living a life that was not supposed to happen given how we were living it, right? This, everything is, is, is new and a gift. So we go out and we, uh, after being prepped properly and, and know how, where our heart's in the right place, we go out and we make these amends. And I'm going to tell you, most of them, if not, I would say probably 95% of them, they're going to actually appreciate everything that that we're doing in the process, but also get on board and start supporting us 
a lot of times they'll say, I don't want anything in return. I want you to keep doing what you're doing because the experience they're having is so alien to the one that we gave them before. They're seeing a new man. They're seeing a, a bright-eyed and you know, uh, fresh-skinned person. They're, they're going, my God. You know, they're, they're resembling us by features, but from there all resemblance disappears. Like what Silkworth said in the doctor's opinion. Right there, all resemblances failed. For, we're, we're gone. Like I, I tried to bring myself to know him, but I just couldn't. That's because we've transformed. We've become the butterfly, right? So um, now, listen, we take all the garbage out. We get on this, this path of change, this conviction that uh, we're willing to change. And have God remove all these defects of character. That's what he asked. That's what we asked him in our third step prayer. Relieve me of my difficulties. Well, that wasn't a bad check account or a banged up car. That was my defects of character. Because only victory over them would bear witness to thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. What better gift could you give people than to walk up that walk up to them? And be with them. Let them have an experience of you. you have an experience of one another, and they have an experience of somebody that isn't carrying any of that stuff. Isn't selfish, self-centered. Isn't motived. Isn't you know what I mean? Isn't calculated. Isn't you know all these things that we used to be. That victory over these defects would bear witness to God. So that that in and of itself is the display I get to give my God. For giving me this freedom. You know, what do I commit to in the morning? I make a decision to turn my will and my life over to his care. And that may be by doing a four step. That may be by doing a fifth step. That may be by committing to change in six or and asking God for help in seven and making amends when I when I should. Well, isn't it interesting that the implementation of that design and those principles are what they get? Now They say we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. And we will be. But I want to read you something that I think is one of the most beautiful descriptions of uh, spiritual experience that I found in this book. It says, um, sorry, let's see, I missed a page here. There we go. So here are thousands of men and women, worldly indeed, that flatly declare, since they have come to believe in a power greater than themselves, to take a certain attitude towards that, that power, willing to believe, right? Right? To take certain attitude toward that power, and to do certain simple things, decide to seek, by doing four through nine, right? There's been a revolutionary change in their way of living and thinking. In the face of collapse and despair, in the face of total failure of their human resources, they found that a new power, peace, and happiness and sense of direction flowed into them. This happened soon after they wholeheartedly met a few simple requirements, steps, rules, right? It says, once, in, once confused and baffled by the seeming futility of existence, they show the underlying reasons why they were making a heavy going of life. The underlying reasons. The underlying reasons that lie below the alcohol and the drugs, right? The selfishness, self-centeredness. 
greed, lust, pride, ego, right? That was making a heavy going of life because the consequences of shame and regret and remorse and fear and loneliness inside was tearing us apart and it always preceded the obsession of the mind when and out. Could have been the stupidest lie in the world and we believed it. All we wanted to do was validate why we were putting a poison in our body that was killing us. And then the allergy ensued and we were done, right? So that is, that is one of the descriptions of a spiritual experience. And so here we get to, you know, we all know the promises. And uh, so as we get into the midst of these amends, and my sponsor put me on the toughest one. I, he says, which one is, are you most scared to take any? And I told him. He says, that's the one we're going to do first. Because everything after that is, you'll be moving, Right? And um, in the in the uh, twelve and twelve, it, it it kind of gives you the opportunity to, uh, if you choose, to to categorize them right. Where you have the nows, where they're readily expedient, you can make a face to face amends. These are direct amends. These typically are direct before they're a text. They're direct before a phone call. They're direct before a letter, right? Um, so those are the nows, and then we have the. The, the laters, right? Those are where it might take a little bit of a uh, uh, challenge to get to them, but, you know, it's, it's doable, but it's going to take a little strategy and, and time to put it together. Then we have the maybes, and uh, those are that we're not really sure even where they're at or how we, how we get to them or if it's possible. And then we have the nevers, and perhaps the nevers could be people that have passed away, and there's a way to make amends to them too. Trust me when I tell you. So um, we can categorize them and we can go out and start as soon as we're willing, right? We, we begin to do that. Faith without works is dead. They say it over and over in here. I can have faith that I'm, I'm going to be able to stay sober on, you know, tomorrow's recovery. How does that work? No, that doesn't work, right? So I've got to take action. Faith without works or action is dead. So I set, my, my sponsor sets me on that course and I begin, um, the only gap that he had me be in was a little bit of time between six and seven and then doing eight and nine, just so I could embark on that transformation journey where I would get up in the morning and I would decide to work on such and such. I would let my, the, my, my small group of trusted people in my life, let, let them know that this was, this was what I was going to go out and do my best to be absent of that day. And, um, and those are those are people that you get in your life that'll stand for you in a way where they you know a, a good stand for somebody an effective stand for any human being is to tell them when they're not showing up in a good fashion when they're when they're doing something that's going to lead them down a bad path right it's not to pat them on the head and say they're there they're talking vulgar they're you know talking about women in, a, in an unseemly fashion and you know that's old stuff that's that's the that's the that's the drunk talking. Right, that's the that's the the true uh, untreated alcoholic talking with an alcoholic mind. So it's like, no, you stand in the face and say, "Dude, that's not what you told me you wanted to become." You know, that's not the vision you told me about. Those are my friends. Those are the people that want to see me win. So I go out and and uh, you know I do that, and then then I was ready. Like thirty days later, he says, "It's time." He knows when it's time. He knows my heart. He knows when I'm sincere, when I'm earnest about this stuff, when I'm dedicated and devoted. You know, he uh, he sees that. 
and he gets it. Because if he sees it, they'll see it, right? So he sends me out, and I start to do this thing, and, and uh, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm starting to feel this overwhelming presence of God's love and protection and, and, and direction. You know, I'm being moved in a direction where I'm starting to feel good about what I'm doing. And I'm starting to good, feel good about the relationships that are being born again. They're literally being born again, right? And um, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. And, and, and as, it, as it goes on, it motivates me to do more and more. And, you know, this is where, this is where humility is your guide, this sincere desire to do and seek God's will um, really comes into play because uh, you know as as I'm doing this um, I'm starting to feel this presence and I'm and I'm and I'm and I'm starting to realize that God is real that you know it's not a concept it's not a theory and they they say to be careful about that don't you know, you don't go into an amends with your chin laid out there just like this and say, I've got God and I've got religion. What am I trying? That's a cover story. That's a sales pitch. Like, let me, let me have you believe something about me that's not true at all, but you'll, it'll, it'll certainly soften the blow when I ask you to trust me again or, you know, forgive me, right? It's, it's garbage. It's nothing. It's, matter of fact, it's completely counterproductive and inauthentic, Right? So I let I like to say that this whole this whole design gives me the ability to go out and tell the world about the God of my understanding without uttering a word. Isn't that awesome? Right? That is awesome. So um I have to be prepared to do that. I have to, I have to decide to do that every day. Every day. Doesn't matter what I'm doing to display to him that I love him and that I'm, I want to honor him. But I'm deciding to do something, and I'm committing to him in a verbal contract, in a contract with God that day, in a commitment that this is what I'm going to do to uh, enhance the relationship. So, and he does the same thing. You know, he does the same thing to me. How do I know God is real? Because it's exactly what he's done inside me, of, how I, of, of what I harbor inside me today. Of what I know, it's it's the biggest fact of my life. It's not it's not like you know I, I you know I have people around me this and that my dogs and stuff like that. The most real thing of my life is the relationship I have with God today. So um, it can happen for anyone. If it happened for me, it can happen for anybody. So it says uh, the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it right. We want them to see the difference. We want them to see the commitment. We want them to see the action. It's not, it's not like the old, old me where I want to just describe it for them and hope they'll buy it, right? So um, talks about the, uh, the, the promises, and I know that we've heard them a thousand times. They read them at every meeting. But it says, um, if we're painstaking, I don't know if everybody gets that little thing, um, Mike, I'm going to need you to hit me with time, only because I, well, the clock's not there. So just let me know when it's like 10 after. It's five of now. Okay. It says, um, uh, if we're painstaking, what does that mean? That means that we go to any length. You know, in the beginning it asks us if we're willing to go to any length for victory over alcohol. 
Well, they ask us that in a different way in step 10. Are we willing to go to any length to find a spiritual experience? So victory over alcohol aka equals a spiritual experience, doesn't it? It's amazing how those words will change. Bill does it a, a masterful job at that. So um, it says about this phase. So when we're talking about eight and nine, we're talking about a phase. Six and seven is a phase. Four and five is a phase. The decide to seek, right? That's just a decision, right? So the phases are are are, are ongoing. They're, they're six and seven is a phase of transformation. Is is a is a phase of me set on a road to to in, incorporate a different set of principles and guidelines in my life. Eight and nine is the amends phase. So that's what they're talking about every meeting that they read. A lot of people think that those are coming true. They're not. I mean, you may be getting a little relief, but you're not experiencing what they're talking about here in this phase until you do this phase. It says, uh, if we're painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. That is absolute. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows, even the ones that hated us. Mark my words. You're going you're gonna to go from enemy to ally in the ninth and ninth step of men's phase. It says, uh, self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively, intuitively know how to handle that's an interesting statement. We will intuitively know. Well, where do we get in, insight, intuitiveness from? It's not ours. We don't make it up. It's ble- we're blessed with it, right? It says um, how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. There it is, right? It says are these extravagant promises? I think so. <laughs> it says we think not. They're being fulfilled among us sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. But, big but, right? There's always a condition expressed after these promises. They will always materialize if we work for them. Faith without works is dead, right? This thought brought us to step 10, which suggests this. Now, we got rid of all, a lot of the mess, right? We may still be in the amends process, but we move on. Right, as we get into the midst of nine, we get into ten, which is really uh, a commitment to incorporate this design on a daily basis, isn't it? Right, it's an, it's a commitment to live by the design that we decided that we would way back in the beginning. So we've gained freedom. We have been brought to a place of neutrality, safe and protected. Right. They're going to talk about some really great promises here in this step. But if I've gotten rid of the garbage, there's got to be a method, a a specific uh, strategy to stay free, to stay, to not have to harbor any of this stuff anymore, not to start compiling it again. You know, and we can do that. It's, uh, there's the bait is out there. We can get lured into it, right? We can get we can uh, we can uh, th- get this 
Ego can pop back in at any second and say, I got this. I, got, I know how to handle this. I'll handle it. And like, I, 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 I. Right? It says, um, so this step 10 is really, is really that strategy to stay free. It says, um, this thought brought us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We've entered the world of the spirit. Our next function, beginning now, is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. Right? The promises are materialized. They'll, they'll, they will materialize if we work on them. How do we work for them? Well, it says, it says this. It says it's uh, not an overnight matter. It should continue for a lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. So if we break that down, let me break that down for you. It says uh, we continue to take personal inventory. Well, we started doing that in step four. We started to identify who it was. That's easy. What they did to, 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 to threaten us. What instinct did they, did they threaten? That's not difficult to, to like figure out in like a split second. What instinct, what instinct was threatened? Maybe it was my sexual instinct. Maybe it was my financial instinct. Right? Maybe the boss says, I got to demote you and give you less money. Well, that's a threat. Right? And what did I do to set the ball rolling? Maybe it was my productivity. Maybe I just was lazy and I was just not, you know, not really performing the way I should. And was I selfish? Sure. Was I dishonest? Yes. Was I inconsiderate? Yes. Self-centered? Yes. Right? So I can identify these in a split second if I, if I, want, if I take the second to do it. It's very easy to do. But I have to get to the place where I'm taking ownership of what happened. My part of the dance. So continue to take personal inventory, four. And continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along, six and seven, right? It says, we vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. Four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. It says, we have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for a lifetime. Continue to watch. For selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. We did that when we took step four. That is implemented into our inventory, which we, by the way, we we do inventory all the time. We do inventory now, we do inventory then, we're going to do inventory tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day. We inventory, we inventory, and as Pat says, and then we inventory, right? If I'm constantly looking within for what's disturbing me, I can identify it and I can correct it. Right. So continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. Right. So six and seven. That's where we did it. We ask God to remove them. It says uh, we discuss them with somebody immediately. Well, that's step five, isn't it? Didn't we discuss all the things in step five with somebody else in the presence of God? Sure, we did. It says. And make amends quickly if we've harmed anybody. Eight and nine. So four through nine. That is the design, isn't it? You know, we, we have, it, step, twelve, step 12 says we have recovered, or it says, uh, it says um, uh, 
that we have had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. Having had a spiritual awakening, we're not saying we now have one. They're saying having had. Well, where did that take place? Well, right here. (laughs) Right? It took place in 4 through 9. That's where the spiritually awakened individual becomes a recovered individual, right? That is when we have had this entire psychic change, or at least a, a big whopping one, right? And we're uh, so we're now we're now thinking different. We're 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 interpreting different. We're perceiving different. We're speaking different. We're communicating differently, and uh, we have been given this spiritual vision. When we look at people and we go to get, you know, when we, when we start to assess a situation of what they may have done to us, we look at them and say, man, they were just like me. They're just as sick as I am. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. But if we can always look at their flaws and say, yeah, those are my flaws too. We all of a sudden are coming from a place of compassion and empathy and, 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 and consideration, right? Says, um, Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. We do that in step 12. Love and tolerance is our code. And we have, and listen to this. It says, we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time, sanity will have returned. So we get our sanity back. It says, soundness of mind. Sanity, soundness of mind. Sane thinking. So our thinking has gone from unmanageable to manageable thinking. What a gift that is. Oh my goodness. We think different. We get different. We, th- we think different. We feel different. We get different. Right? It says, um, we will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. Rather than going to what it did for me, now it's going to what it did to me. It says, um, we react sanely and normally. We will find this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We're not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. It becomes a non-problem, right? It says we feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. We have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. It says this is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. Well, how do you do that? Well, one might say, I don't know, you just pray a lot or you know, you try to act kind or what no. We just left the page where it tells us how to stay in fit spiritual condition. It says this it's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. Those are our achievements. A laurel is a wreath that they used to give somebody for winning a, an event back in the back in the days of the Olympics and, Olympics and so forth. It was a series. It was a sign of accomplishment. It says we can rest on our laurels, rest on our accomplishments, for we're headed for trouble if we do. For alcohol is a subtle foe. We're not cured of alcohol, alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So. How do I maintain my spiritual condition? How do I do that? How do I stay free? Well, it says this. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. Have you heard that before? Yeah, about 10 minutes ago. 
It says, when these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely talk, turn our thoughts to someone we can help. What a, what a magnificent way to live our lives, right? We have everything written down. We don't have to make anything up. Every answer for life, for others, how we, how we do this thing called life is right here in our text. It is the playbook. It is the successful playbook. So we do four through nine as a display to him that we really mean what we say when we turn our will in our lives. God, I've decided to, you know, God, I offer myself to thee to, to build with me who, and do with me as you will. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do your will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them would bear witness to those I would help of your power, your love, and your way of life. Now, if I really mean that, I can look back and say, this is, this is what I offer. This is how I offer myself to you. This is what I'm going to do today to show you how much I love you and I'm thankful for the gift that you've given me. What a display that is. What a, what a display. It says, um, we have that daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Well, if you maintain anything, it will grow. Right? You don't go to the gym just to maintain a specific shape. You you maintain your your regiment and your 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 uh, strategy in the gym to build something. Right? It's the same thing here. We uh, if we continue to do, do this, our our sp- our relationship with God will grow. It says every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our affairs. Well, how do we do that? Well, we do four through nine all the time. That's what we do. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. We take inventory, we talk to somebody about it, we commit to change, we ask God for help, and we make amends when necessary. That's how we do it. That's the vision of God's will. It says, how can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. Not an hour and then. Not every little so-and-so. You know? It says, go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line, four through nine, all we wish, it is the proper use of his will. It's the proper use of our will, right? That's when we're hand in hand. And all of a sudden, we have gained access. We have unchoked the channel for this power. We have walked from the darkness into the sunlight. We no longer stand in our own shadow. We're walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. And we're we're, we, we have unfettered access, ease and comfort, all the time, good and bad, doesn't matter when, night or day, in bad times and good times, we have an inexhaustible reserve of ease and comfort, known as God. Thanks. We'll talk, uh, next week we'll talk about taking that to another level. Thank you, everybody. Let's have a round of applause for Job. That was great. Thank you, Joe. Uh, tonight we're, uh, are we having a secretary's report? Okay. Um, we're having tonight's session and all other past speaker podcasts online, free at alcoholicsandgod.org. I like to invite everyone to our Monday night big book study. And, at, and those who wish to thank the speaker, please line up in the center aisle. 
Sorry, I skipped the skipper. <clears throat> Let's close with the Lord's Prayer. And after the prayer, see you all Monday. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. See you all Monday at night. Heart is heavy, soul is thirsty, body's aching. I am desperately in need of restoration.
Shine. 
Chase, here's that song you've been asking me for for a million years. I finally pulled it out the pulled it out the corners of my mind, and um, here you go. Green now, grow 
growing vines. They twist and turn each way. Flowers blooming all the time. That's at my door. song is. God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye. I think you know this one, don't you?
Say. 